0: a phrase we often hear in Christian circles is, well, you just got to trust God. But what does that mean? How do we trust God? And what should we be doing to demonstrate that we trust God? Hello and welcome to Faith Talks. I'm your host, Emily Preston. And in these podcasts, we will be discussing how to practically apply the principles found in the Word or how to be a doer of the word so that you can start seeing more of the manifestation of God's grace in every area of your life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Faith Talks, where we learn how to walk by faith through grace. Today is part two of what does it mean to trust God? So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I strongly encourage you to do so. Um, but we've started talking about what it means to trust God, and often people say, oh, I'm just trusting God, but it's become a bit of a religious cliche, because people say they're trusting God, but there's actually no practical application of their trust in God. They're just kind of projecting their trust into the atmosphere somewhere or onto, you know, um, a being on a throne in heaven. But there's actually, if you go into the word, there's actually practical demonstration of what it means to trust God. So we started talking about that last week and we began with the scripture from Proverbs three verse five to six which is to trust in the Lord with all your heart, to lean not on your own understanding, in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now we broke that down into um, all of the definitions of those different words and then we started to talk about how we can know if we are truly trusting God. Okay so number one was we will know if we are truly trusting God by what we're saying because if you trust someone you will trust what they say. So to trust trust God is to trust his word because his word is his great and precious promises to us. So if we're talking things that are in opposition to the word, if we're talking about the problem, we're talking about the circumstances, then we are not truly trusting God because if we do truly trust God, we will have our mouth in alignment with what he says. And then number two, we will know whether we're truly trusting God by whether we are in peace. Peace can be our Uh, our thermostat to show us whether or not we are truly trusting God because it says that he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts him so if we trust God we will keep our mind stayed on him and the result will be perfect peace And so today we're going to move on with how else we can know we are truly trusting God. So number three, we will know we are truly trusting God because we won't be leaning on our own understanding. Okay, now this is a really big one. We will know we are truly trusting God because we will not be leaning on our own understanding. And what was our understanding? Our understanding is what we know and understand about a situation. It's our knowledge. It's our own wisdom. It's our own beliefs about a situation. It's our own um, trust in what we can do about the situation. But God says to lean not on your own understanding. There's a really good example of this, say you're a car mechanic, okay, say that's your trade, you're a car mechanic and you are an expert in fixing cars. And then you find out that someone you know, like a relative, a close relative, their car broke down a few blocks away. But instead of asking you to fix it for them, they ran around trying to find a mechanic who was free, who was affordable, um, and they paid hundreds of dollars for someone else to fix it. And you might say to them, Why didn't you ask me? Why didn't you ask me to fix your car? You knew that I could do it, I could have done that for you for nothing you know it's kind of like well that was silly why didn't you ask me to do it and this is what some people do with God they say they are trusting God but they still run around trying to take care of things themselves they don't give the care of the situation over to him to care about for them and they don't go to him first with their needs and problems but instead they spend their days worrying and being anxious about them and trying to figure out the answer themselves And the whole time, God is probably thinking, why don't you just ask me? I could sort that whole situation out for you. I could take you from A to B in an instant. But see, our human nature is to try and sort things out ourselves. But what we have to understand is that God loves us. He thinks about us all the time. He wants to have an intimate father-child relationship with us, where we run to him for answers and help before we run to anybody else. But sometimes we think we can figure it out ourselves, and then when we reach the end of our abilities, he will help us. And there's a common, uh, you know, phrase in Christian circles that says that God helps those who help themselves. That's not in the Bible. God calls that leaning on our own understanding and he says not to do it. (laughs) The Bible also calls leaning on our own understanding being double-minded. So it's leaning on what we know about the situation. It's trying to figure out the answers to things in the natural ourselves and not seeking first the wisdom of God, not trusting in him with all of our heart, not casting the care of it onto him. And two very well-known examples of people who leaned on their own understanding were Abraham and Sarah. So Abraham and Sarah had a promise from God. God had told them that they were going to have a child in their old age and despite the fact that Sarah's womb was dead, Despite the fact that Abraham was old, actually in modern day language, you could just say they had infertility problems and they were old. So the odds were stacked against them. Okay, And in the natural, it looked like an impossible situation. But God gave them a promise. God told them that they would be parents of a child. They would bear a child. See, But what happened is when things didn't happen as quickly as they wanted them to, they became double-minded. They trusted God. They trusted the promise. But then they tried to do things in the natural to see what they could do to bring about the promise. And what happened? They created an Ishmael. And Ishmael was a counterfeit of the promise. He was was a bit like the promise, a bit like the answer, but he wasn't God's best. He wasn't the true result of believing God. Okay, so that's what we can do sometimes when we try and do things in our own strength. We might get what looks like the answer to our problem, but it isn't God's best. It isn't as good as how God could have done it. And so with Abraham and Sarah, it wasn't until they got their eyes back on the promise that they received the promised child. Romans 4 verse 19 says that Abraham was not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body or the the deadness of Sarah's womb. Or in other words, he did not lean on his own understanding. He did not consider the circumstances He did not waver or stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was fully persuaded that what the Lord had promised, he was able also to perform. And see, it wasn't until Abraham became fully persuaded that he received the manifestation of the promise. And the way he became fully persuaded was that he refused to consider the circumstances. He refused to consider his own body or the deadness of Sarah. Womb. Okay, and because he refused to consider the circumstances. That's how he became fully persuaded. So this brings it all back to casting the care. He would have cast the care. The, he would have cast the thoughts that tried to speak to him. He would have reminded himself of the promise by looking up at the sky and thinking, God said that my seed would outnumber the stars. He would have reminded himself of the promise by looking at the sands of the desert and saying, God said that my seed would be as those grains of sand. He focused on the promise and refused to consider the problem or what he could do in the natural. And that is when he received the promised child. And that is how he became fully persuaded. So if you're dealing with something now, say you're dealing with a health issue, okay, the temptation may be to run around trying to figure out what to do in the natural to get some relief from whatever you're dealing with, okay? But God says to lean not on your own understanding. So every time the symptom speaks to you or every time you're tempted to go and find out what you can do in the natural, this is the opportunity for you to cast the care and say, Lord, no, I am not going to try and figure this out myself. I cast the care onto you. Thank you that you do the caring for me. This is how you don't lean on your own understanding. Leaning on your own understanding is looking for answers and solutions in the natural. It's Googling the problem. It's reading blogs and forums to see what other people have done. It's trying this and trying that, hoping that this will work. It's going to the world for answers. Leaning on our own understanding is thinking, well, maybe if I try this medication or I cut that food out of my diet or maybe if I do this or do that or go to this doctor and see how it just sounds like a big confused mess where God says, if you cast the care onto me and don't do that, don't lean on your own understanding, don't rely on your own strength, efforts and abilities, then he will do the caring for us. So leaning on our own understanding is thinking about, analyzing, considering, talking about the situation in the natural. But God says, lean not. Do not rely on what you can figure out or do according to your own wisdom, ability and experience. So what does he say to do? He says to cast the care onto him and he says in all our ways we are to acknowledge him. Okay, so let's have a look at this. What does this mean? In all of our ways, acknowledge him. Okay, so that brings us to number four. We will know that we are truly trusting God when we go to the word before we go anywhere else. I was in, This is a bit of a funny uh, comparison, but I was in a situation a while ago where I was really trying to figure out what to do. And it's funny the things that God will use to remind you of his word. He reminded me of an old song sung by Nat King Cole. And I don't know if you know it, but it says, Do nothing till you hear from me. Pay no attention to what's said. And he basically he was saying, do nothing till you hear from me. Pay no attention to what's said. Do nothing until you go to the word first and find out what the word says about it. Ask yourself, if you're in a situation right now, ask yourself, what does God say about it? What does the word say about it? Ask God, say, Lord, what would you have me do in this situation? And this is how we acknowledge him. And the definition of acknowledge is actually two part. And this is really, really good. Firstly, the definition of acknowledge is to submit to, to know, to perceive, to find out to discern, or to recognize. Okay, so that's the first part of the definition of acknowledge. So what do we do when we acknowledge him? We acknowledge the word. Find out what the word says. Submit to the word. Seek to know the word. Perceive what God says in his word and that is how we acknowledge him and we can simply ask him we can say Lord what would you have me do in this situation you know the answer to this I thank you for the answer I thank you for the solution what should I do and God will always give you a word he will always point you to what the word says about it You'll see a, a scripture somewhere or you'll hear a scripture and you'll know that that is exactly what you need to hear. And sometimes it will drop into your spirit. It'll be a verse or a reference and you won't know what it says until you look it up. That happened to me not so long ago. God gave me a, a, a scripture reference and when I looked it up, it was exactly what I needed to hear. And people have had the Bible fall open at the exact place that they need to see. God will find a way to get the answer to you, but we just have to acknowledge him. We have to find out, we have to discern, we have to see what the word says about it. And he will give you a scripture that talks about your situation. There is not a problem that you could come up against that there isn't a promise in the word that covers it. Okay, Now you may already know a scripture that pertains to your situation. You may already have a promise from God. So you don't necessarily have to go to God for another promise, but sometimes you may want confirmation and you may you may say lord is this the direction that i I should be taking with this issue and he will give you a confirmation but if you have a promise from god that pertains to your situation then that is god's word about that and second corinthians 1 verse 20 says that all of the promises of god in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of god through us So if you can find a promise from God, you don't need to ask him if that's a promise for you. He's already said yes to it. If you are having a a health issue and you go to the word and you find Isaiah 53 verse 5, he was wounded for my transgressions, he was bruised for my iniquities, the chastisement of my peace is upon him and by his stripes I am healed. You don't need to say, Lord, is this a promise for me? Because all of the promises of God in him or in the word, are yes. And all we have to do, our job is to say amen to it or so be it unto me. So our job is to take that promise and say, thank you, Lord. You said that you were wounded for my transgressions and by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. And so that is how we Uh, we, we acknowledge God we find out what he says and then we say the amen to it and actually that ties in with the second part of the definition of acknowledge which is to admit or to confess I love it. I love how the word always circles back and reinforces what it's already said. So firstly, we acknowledge God by finding out what he says, finding out what the word says, and then we acknowledge God by confessing what he says, by confessing the word, by admitting this is my promise. This is what God says about me. We add our amen to his yes. All God wants us to do is to first acknowledge him, first go to the word, first agree with the word, and then he will direct our paths. So the result of us trusting in the Lord or the word with all of our hearts and not leaning on our own understanding or not leaning on what we know or understand about a situation, but in all of our ways acknowledging him, acknowledging the word, finding out what the word says and then declaring it and confessing it, the result of that will be he shall direct our path. The word shall direct our path. The word will make our path straight. To That word direct means to make right, level, smooth, pleasing or agreeable. So the word will, will make our path, our way, our course, our mode of living, our mode of action, our character, the word will make it right, level, smooth, pleasing and agreeable. God will make everything right. And so then, because God is directing your path, if there is anything that needs to happen in the natural, he will direct you straight to it. He will make it right. He will level your path. He will level your way. He may tell you to take a certain route with the medical profession. He may tell you to change your diet and to take something out or add something to it. He may tell you to do something to... Uh, in the natural to repair your relationship, he may tell you to invest your money somewhere, uh, you know, because he knows that there's going to be huge financial gain from that. Whatever it is, that that direction will come as a result of first trusting in the Lord first not leaning on your own understanding, first acknowledging him in all of your ways. And it's seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of those things will be added to you. And I've used this testimony before, but it bears repeating for an illustration for this example, is that my sister was believing God for uh, healing of her skin. She had really bad acne on her skin, and she was believing God, she was praying, she was confessing the word over it, but she was also leaning on her own understanding. She was also trying to figure out what cream was causing it, what food she was eating was causing it. Maybe if I cut out sugar, it will clear up. Maybe if I try this uh, cleanser, it will clear up. Maybe if I change the pillowcases I'm sleeping on, it will clear up. And see, she was also leaning on her own understanding. She was being double-minded. And finally, she said, right, that's enough. I've had it. Lord, I I cast the care onto you. I thank you that your word says that I'm healed. And she refused to look at anything in the natural about it ever again. She refused to consider the circumstances. She refused to consider what she could do in the natural to try and fix the situation. And as a result of doing that, God said to her, speak over your hormones. Now she would never have thought to do that. She was looking at everything she was trying in the natural to fix it. But because she got her mind back on the word, she started to acknowledge God in all of her ways, acknowledge the word, then God was able to make her path straight. He was able able to show her that it was her hormones and as soon as she started speaking to her hormones, her skin cleared up. See, but that was a result of putting first the word, seeking first the kingdom, trusting in God in the Lord or the Word with all her heart. And then he was able to make her paths straight. Now I just wanna point out again that one of the definitions of your path, he will direct your paths, he will make your path straight. One of the definitions of path is also our mode of living and our character. So when we're trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts and we're not leaning on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we're acknowledging Him, He will direct our path. He will direct our mode of living and our character. Now, I love this because often we will, you know, if you're in a situation where you're praying for another person, say you're praying for your children or you're praying for your spouse, okay, and you're committing that situation to the Lord, you're speaking the word, you're trusting in God you're you're speaking the word over that situation Oftentimes, God will start to work on your character, on your mode of living, and He will direct your path. He will make your character, your mode of living more smooth, more pleasing, and more agreeable. So, that's the twofold benefit of speaking the Word. Not only can He change, the Word will change the other person and bring them into line, but if there's anything in our own lives where we need to see improvement, where we need to, uh, you know, exercise, More patience, or you know, behave in a certain way that makes the other person feel appreciated or feel loved. When we confess the word over a situation, then God can direct our character and our mode of living as well. And it won't be because we've had to analyze and think through what we need to do to make things better. The word is what will do the work. The word will sort us out as well. So it's not just like, well, everyone else has got the problem. I don't have the problem. If there's any kinks in your character, in our mode of living, the word of God will straighten those out as well. So I love it because whatever is out of line, our job is just to speak the word over it. And that is how we demonstrate our trust in the Lord. And the word will bring anything back into line, which is out of line. It will bring our health back into line. It will bring our finances back into line, our marriage, our children, our relationships, our future. It will straighten everything out. The word will make our path straight and level. It will smooth out the rough places. It will take anything that is disagreeable and turn it around to make it agreeable. It will cause us to act and behave in a way that brings the right results every time. It will make sure that we are always in the right place at the right time. And that is a result of trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts, not leaning on our own understanding, acknowledging him, acknowledging the word, confessing the word in all of our ways. And the result is that he, the word, will direct our path. Isn't that awesome? Okay, we're going to stop here and continue the last part of this next week where I will start to go into how we develop our trust in the Lord. So how do we develop and build our trust in the Lord? So join me again next week for the third part of this teaching. Until then, don't forget to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And you will be blessed in everything that you do. Thank you so much for being part of today's episode of Faith Talks. If you have any questions related to today's or any of my previous episodes, if you have a testimony you would like to share, or for a free copy of Confessions for Life, please email me at questions at faithtalks.com.au. For episode announcements and regular encouragement, you can now find Faith Talks with Emily Preston on Facebook and Instagram. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from today's or any of my previous teachings, please share this podcast with them and help them receive revelation of the truth that will make them free. Until next time, know that I am praying for you and don't forget to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, and you will be blessed in everything that you do. God bless you.